Hello everyone and welcome to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast where we give powers to a name and in this realm we are all equal. We all get the equal airtime that we all deserve and have a right to. I'm saying this for no particular reason but oh there's a a, a new film coming out soon. Uh, it's a little... We, we talked a little bit about Thor Ragnarok, so I know we're all very excited about the next big superhero release. Am I right? What? Hold on, I'm trying to think of the joke of a film that isn't really a superhero film. Uh, I'm talking about Justice League. Nope. I'm- <laughs> nope. Nope, we're not talking about this. Why would you bring this up? I'm leaving. Jade, it has a flash in it. You're legally obliged to watch it. Jade, listen. There must be something that you're looking forward to in Justice League. No! Just, that's all we'll be in terms of a movie pop culture podcast. Shall we get back to the com Shall we get back to the comic side of things? Yes, please. Why did you even do this? <laughs> what an I, odd sidetrack. We, 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 we are <laughs> We are a equal opportunity podcast. Both Marvel and DC. We got a Good. Well you've we had gotta, your time. Josh, let's talk about Sidetrack for two and a half minutes. Oh, yes, let's please. Let's talk about oh. him wheeling in on his Heelys in his werewolf yeah, form. That's yeah. the thing, because obviously we only gave him like two minutes to really bring in from that lost episode. So yeah. I think we should probably bring up how much you guys are actually going to good yeah, yeah, DJ. do this, aren't you? Shut up, Dean. You had your time. This is oh. all about, you know, equity. We're, we're having our time now. Look, we're doing okay. you a favor. We are taking our two and a half minutes together. So this is fair. Sidetrack is such a good DJ. Yes. That's what I've always appreciated about. <laughs> so what comics you guys been reading? <laughs> what? Let's let's I have some comic guy. recommendations. I'm just trying to listen. Right. Well, listen. well volunteered, Dean. What what have you been reading? Here's me trying to present an equal argument, and then I just get shut down by this Marvel fanboy, Jade Sarson. I didn't say anything about Marvel. <laughs> so Sidetrack is a Marvel. I mean, that, yes. He he's more of a, a he's kind of like Dean. What uh, have you been reading? I'm itching to know. Well, okay. This week I've been uh, recapping one of my all-time faves. A little book called Scott Pilgrim. A little series called Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley, both written and drawn. Uh it's pretty popular. You might know about it already. It's about uh, King Torontonian Scott Pilgrim trying to defeat the evil exes of um, deconstruction of Manic Dream Pixie Girl Ramona Flowers in order to have the opportunity to date her. And well, I originally went into this book, the video game angle. I was uh, a big gamer uh, in those days, more, more so than the comic side. Things change, of course. And what I found was a almost a stealth lesson in how to do comics effectively, both artistically and emotionally. Like, it chews on some pretty deep fat that you might not expect from um, a action-packed, very stylistic comic, but it, it's it works in its favor. Of course, if you're into pop culture and your video games and your anime, you're going to have a real good time with this, but I think there's something something for everyone here, especially on a personal level so scott program check it out boom <laughs> that that was my lame advertisement uh ending to that section that, that, that was it, precise 
You could have you only imagine- topped it off by saying, and there's a sweet movie about it too. Yeah, you might have heard of that, you know, Edgar Wright, Michael Sarah, all that junk. Also good, I guess. It also had Chris Evans as Lucas Lee. I was about to say, yeah. one of his breakout roles, yeah. no? <laughs> uh, it's, it's almost worth it for to hear that. Anyway, Jade, give us a laser-guided comics recommendation. Okay. Um, so I've been reading, or rather rereading, because it's just that good, The Tar Pit. And I'm not 100% on how to pronounce this name, so if I get it wrong, please let me know, uh, listeners. But it's by Jeremy Cerise. Or Cerise? I think it's Cerise. Um, and it was commissioned by Shortbox, which is a independent curated comics box that is released every three months. So the tar pit is about a young woman who struggles to protect the identities of two closeted male actors because of her growing homophobia. So she basically behaves as the beard to these two guys, and uh, in, in this kind of very closeted secretive Hollywood setting. So it's like a big public secret, you know? Yeah. And what I love about this comic is that it chooses to portray the story from the perspective of this homophobic woman as she just gets more and more homophobic the more time she spends around these these two lovers. And it's drawn in this fantastic style. I mean, this book could have been about anything and I'd have picked it up because the art that Jeremy does is phenomenal. Um, But what's particularly good about this is it's oversimplified and so it really contrasts with the grim nature of the story, which I feel really works in its favor. Hmm. Nice. Beautiful. Hmm. Just give me give me three words to describe the art. Oh, God. Um, That aren't synonyms are beautiful. Hmm. Well, I already said simplified. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Moomin-esque in a way. It's really hard to describe. I'll take that. Um, Simplified and Moominesque. And no, wait, wait. And a third word, because Moominesque is one word. Uh, highly textured. Okay. Because if I could take a moment, Jeremy Cerise, um does like a lot of just one-off paintings, and he uses hmm. um, gouache and like pencil, so it like has a really yeah. unique textured look to it, and that is emulated in the comic. Sorry, he uses X. goulash. Gouache. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, God, imagine messy. painting with goulash. Josh Randall, <laughs> artistic <laughs> historian. What are you, what have you been reading, Josh? What's what's uh, been just good this week? This week on Josh's Just Good Corner, I have been reading. Well, it's been going on for a while, but I've been reading the sixth volume of it, um, of Black Science by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera. Hmm. It's a science fiction epic about a science experiment to explore other dimensions goes horribly wrong. And it's amazing because it has such a breakneck pace. It literally, like, in the first volume, it just kicks straight off. And it doesn't nice. relent for a good four volumes. Mm-hmm. And then it has a nice little downtime. And then it just keeps on it just keeps on going. It's, I think unrelenting is probably the best word for it. And it is so cool. Like, the designs that Matteo does in terms of, like, all these aliens and other species that you meet. They're just so... It's really well designed. I just like it because of that breakneck pace. That mm. even though you're reading a comic and you're reading at your own pace, you still feel as though you're like. Oof, 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 oof. I like it. Like a lot of comics mm. tend to take their time nowadays, but it's nice to have something that sort of gets to the point. Like you were saying about um, uh, Mr. Miracle last week, how that sort yeah. of was very compact in its storytelling. Yeah, really compressed. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if I got that too well with the review I did last week. That was a bit of a mess. 
But, uh, That's all right. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Would you say that your yep. choice this week is just good? I would say it is just great. Oh. Oh. Damn. Level up. This, this, this is like the five star system. Like just good. <laughs> I might have it like four stars, and then just great is going to be five. It's just okay. It's like maybe three. Yeah. And it's just readable. For maybe and like then two. at the bo- at the very bottom, it's it's just it's just a comic. <laughs> oh dang! Oh god, <laughs> devastating. Well, listen, uh, listeners, if you want more information about this, uh, we're going to post up the uh, some of these pages along with a little bit more information on Wednesday uh, following this episode up on our Twitter feed at bbr underscore podcast. So if you want a little bit more info, check them out on there. And of course, if you want even more info, recommend actually going out and reading those comics they're real good they're gonna inspire us this week they gotta be good they have to be good to meet our criteria we are pretty snooty when it comes to comics good job all comics are great now speaking of greatness if you want to achieve greatness via our creative minds then if you leave us an itunes review one that will help us very much thank you thank you thank you two we'll take whatever name you leave on that review and we'll turn it into a superhero via our various means and methods and uh, mutations. So, all you need to do, leave us a review, and you too can be a hero. Created by Bitten by Radioactive Podcast. Oh, we should probably do that main feature of our show, right, guys? Yeah, we should. Mm, it's about time. Mm. Now, I took, once again, I took a backseat because I've been a busy boy. We've all been busy boys and girls this week haven't we so mm-hmm. jade yes jade sarson yes what have you got for us today owner of the uh, beautiful prompt well i know how much you guys like questionnaires <laughs> oh boy do we so Hello. i've got you a generator that uses a questionnaire and instead of mm. giving you one name it gives you basically just a list So I thought we could be lazier this week and I will read out the list and whatever makes us laugh the hardest, we will work with. How about that? (laughs) Hey, man, that's as good as a random generator, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, with with a real random generator, you have to stick with with what you get, which is difficult sometimes. This this is going to be more of like an applausometer kind of thing. Yeah, Mm. I think so. Real heroes from applausometer uh, selected prompts. Exactly. Hmm. So, yo, 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 are you ready? To create your perfect rapper name. Oh, <laughs> I've been looking forward to something like this. Okay. Hit so first up, of yo. all, I need your favorite TV character. So let's decide as collectively who our favorite TV character is. Is um, it Captain Leslie Cole? No- <laughs> I mean, yeah. Go on. Go on then. Let's have your Captain Cold. I will no, I will let you. They're, they're already like hero-based. I think we need to go for something else. Okay. What about... Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. I was going to say, let's go for a Parks and Rec character. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should we go with Leslie, Leslie Nope? Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to go with Lil Sebastian? <laughs> well, well, I was going to say Ben Wyatt, but I, th- I think literally anyone from that cast is a good shout. Jade, you have the final say. You're filling it in, so literally we can say anything and you would just change it anyway. So No, I won't. I promise I you won't. You pick one. Pick, pick a Parks and Rec character. Leslie. All right, Leslie. I'll just put Leslie, um, not Leslie. Nope. Uh, so, whose first name shall we put in? Uh, you. You're doing it. Me? No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, Jade. <laughs> Someone else's last name then. Uh, Randall. K. 
Kate. Randall's a good rapper name, right? <laughs> the name of a criminal. Captain Cold. <laughs> there you go. There you, you go. Have, you can have I'll, him now. <laughs> I'll put Cold. How about that? Or Leonard. Well, Lenny. That's Fucking Lenny. Oh, not there we Lenny. Go. Something really pleasant, e.g., flowers or kittens. Um, smell ooh. of petrol. Comics. Comics. Okay. All Come right. on. Comics. Now, this is really important. An adjective to describe you or your music. Um, non-existent. <laughs> non-existent. <laughs> oh, I. I'll play my bass guitar one one of these days. And the name of your favorite childhood pet. Oh, oh, Jimmy! <laughs> Jimmy! I feel like it would kind of be weird, though, to put Jimmy Page's name into a rapper generator. Oh, that's a good point. Lead guitarist of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, what about your boy Chip, Josh? Yeah, let's go Chip then. All right, Chip. It's Chiboy. It's Chiboy Chip. Right. Let's see what our perfect rapper names are. Are we going to come up with the crew? Okay, I'm just going to read these out. Quick fire and mm-hmm. stop me if one takes your fancy. Go on. Um, Jadtastic JR. What the fuck was. What? Jadulous <laughs> R. I'm. So, what are these names? Are these like fucking. Like hut names from Star Wars or some shit? Lapper <laughs> Leslie. I kind of like Lapper Leslie though. Totes non existent. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Okay, I'm keeping this. This is just my name now. J-A-D-E. Well, that is your name. No, but it's spelled J-A-Y-A-Y-D-E-E-E-E. <laughs> excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, uh, Big Chip. <laughs> Big Big Chip could have some potential. Non-existent man. That's literally a hero name. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, do we really like sort of hit the nail on the head there? Or non-existent, man. abs non-existent. Abs non-existent. We did Halloween. We can't do that again. That's true. Um, there's a bunch more, but they kind of make no sense. Give us the most nonsensical one. R-A-N-D-A-L-L-L. I don't know what that is. I think it just took like some letters that we'd put in and put them together. That's just my last name a bit screwed up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this experiment certainly churned out some... Results. I think contenders are totes non-existent, uh, inspector non-existent, inspector spent a uh, spelt a h. We're doing inspector non-existent. Yeah. That's who we're yes. doing. Inspector non-existent. Inspector Okay. All right. Let's go with that then. Please. Inspector non-existent. Who is who is this person? Who is this being? Could be a ghost. They are non-existent. I want to say that they have a presence, but they don't on like a crime scene. So mm. it's like um, they're kind of. It's almost like they're not non-existent, but it's almost like they're omnipotent or like omnipresent. Right. So it's sort of like a Doctor Manhattan thing. Maybe, but maybe like they just never. You can always see them out like the side the side of your eye. Hmm. But when you look to go see them, they're not there. Oh, okay. So, or maybe like a close, it's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of vibe. Hmm. Jade, what are your thoughts? I wonder if it could be played for a sort of half serious commentary and half gag, in that they're actually a really good inspector of crime scenes and and situations, but 
they are practically non-existent to the people around them. Like they just have no charisma. So they try Ooh. to like point something out and everyone's just like blustering over them very loudly. So maybe like they're frustrated with not being able to do their job properly because people like their team aren't working with them. Yeah. And then they get powers one day that mean they're literally non-existent. <laughs> See, that could be an interesting sort of theme and power set for a hero that they are lit they just blend into the background no matter what not yeah. just just like socially like they're barely even present at that could make they are. for like an amazing like villain kind of encounter where oh, yeah. where, <laughs> where inspector non-existent is um like picture them with their arms crossed leaning against an alley wall non-existent mm -hmm. so like the audience can see them but the villains can't mm. right and the villains have just finished loudly announcing their plan, right? So then Inspector leans off the wall with, with a shrug very confidently and they make themselves existent again. And they're like, well, well, well. But the villains still ignore them because obviously their <laughs> charisma is so lacking. Sort of like a real Mr. Burns, Homer Simpson vibe to things. You know, smooth as who is this nincompoop <laughs> yeah, operating? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like... It could be sort of, we could play it blessing and curse style, as in like it allows them to sort of slip into anywhere and just kind of get into these really delicate situations and into these sensitive areas without any fuss or muss. But of mm. course, it's going to be sort of Spider-Man-esque where, where he's he's trying to lead, lead a normal life, but oh dear, he's non-existent and all the, all the people they try and date kind of turn him, okay, Right, maybe that's the angle here. Maybe we've focused the lens a little bit more. But maybe they, they are a heartbroken detective who are trying to, you know, they're real good at their job, but their other big thing, apart from, you know, solving crime, is love. Right. And they're trying to find love in all the right places, but unfortunately they're the wrong person for it, and they just, they can't do it. And, you know, they're doing all everything right. They're putting themselves up. They are... You know, washing, they they have an interesting line of work. They they may even be a little be a little bit good looking, but nothing just comes together for them. Why? What's They'd, what's stopping them from dating? Well, their this ability to sort of blend into the background. They don't stick out. That's their their superpower, quote unquote. Ooh, I've just come up with a idea. It mm. Kind of takes us off off base a bit. What if there are superpower is to remove remove so they make things non-existent that's oof. but in doing so um it's like a side effect of their them having this power they too have become non-existent okay and right. maybe okay. maybe they actually used to be a really charismatic detective so we can still have all these beats where they try and be charismatic but because of the way that their power works they are just ignored Hmm. So, so do you mean like there's a transaction to their powers? So when they make something non-existent, they have to pay with a little bit of their own. Presence? No, this Charisma? is more like just a general kind of. They just happen to. Um, I can't think of like an example of like an existing hero. You mean it sounds more like a curse or like a yeah. monkey's paw situation? Hmm. I'd definitely say it's more of a curse. Hmm. But the way that they can use their power, I want to say, is useful somehow. So they could just make things non-existent. Yes. 
Are there rules to that? Like, they can't just blip a person out of existence, surely. Well, what if it's more conceptual than just things? What if they can make anything non-existent, right? Imagine being a detective. They're going to have to talk to a lot of um, grieving widows and heartbroken um, homeowners who have lost everything, etc. What if they can just make their grief non-existent? Pow! What if they can make their... Uh, memories of their house non-existent pow it seems a bit op yeah it could be a bit too powerful hey you know who's also you know who's also op is it inspector gadget it's fucking one punch man right let's take one let's take one punch man as an example because uh one the artist and um no sorry one the artist and writer of one punch man I thought, takes... you, I thought you were about to start a list. So was like I. Saying. <laughs> One, One, the artist. The... Two, the writer. No, no, yeah. no. But he he focuses on these extremely powerful characters. He also did um, did so in Mob Psycho 100 about a psychic kid. But he takes these very powerful characters and he turns that superpower not almost into like a background radiation thing at times. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. So you want to mm. play with an OP power for a change. Yeah, why why the heck not? Okay. Not just not just play around with it, but sort of really torture this soul with their power. I mean, we've already kind of hit the nail on the head of the main weakness of it, which is their own charisma and presence just becomes non-existent and so I guess mm. other people would take credit for some of their triumphs maybe oh maybe at one point he had to make his own charisma non-existent in order to slip into a crime Ooh. scene right maybe now, now, he had... this does come into your transaction thing because i actually really like the idea of them having to remove they have to remove their own kind of belongings or like similar kind of things in order to use their power it's in a similar way hmm. to in the runaways um nico minoru has she can use magical spells, but once she's used the word once, in order to use it again, she has to think of like a different word. If you know what yeah, I mean? So oh, like a synonym. Yes. Um, so, like, once so she's healed someone, she she has she can't use the word heal as a magic um, signifier anymore. Oh, okay. She has to think of something different. Maybe we could use something exactly. similar for this person. And hmm. Hmm. well, see, the idea that I had initially was just they had to remove parts of themselves to get into crime scenes or to further their own investigations. Mm. So, for example, they might have to get rid of their own charisma in order to get into a, a busy nightclub unseen, or they might have to get rid of their... Ooh, let's say they have to get rid of their height or something in order to fit into a location, or they had to get rid of their hair in order to get into a crime scene without oh, leaving but this, any... Yeah, this brings up like a a dangerous aspect then because they can't then restore those things they can't make stuff existent so they have to choose very carefully like oh i could lose a few inches (laughs) to to get into this nightclub (laughs) but um will i you know will people at work notice that i've i've become shorter and will this affect other things i I like this kind of equivalent exchange aspect exactly it's not even equivalent exchange it's just yeah how far are they willing to take their ability to in order to fight crime? That's the one aspect of this mm. comic. Oh, me likey, me likey. 
I like it. So I like the idea of them trying to solve. So like the main crux of like the comic is that they are that it's probably like quite a normal kind of crime procedural, but there will come hmm. points where they're just like, hmm, I need to remove something. Yes. And then part of that, rest of that kind of story can be how it's going to affect them. I mean, it can be played Ooh. pretty comedically, but it can also be quite serious as well. I think. It, it could be a... really simple sometimes. Like it doesn't always have to be a major decision. Like, um, mm. like say, oh, um, there's a villain behind a locked door, and they're like, yeah, you'll never be able to break that lock. They just vanish the lock. Mm. Just exactly. Gently nudge the door open. <laughs> but what if I just had an idea for a potentially like an ending dilemma Ooh. already? This, this early, early into the episode. This is unusual. Dean doesn't normally come up with these. I am very excited. Go for it. What if the biggest decision they have to make is whether or not to make their own ethics non-existent? Oh. What if, like, the very, very tippity-top drama end-of-arc thing is they have to... The only way to get rid of this particular criminal is just to delete them, just to wipe them out. But, of course, uh, being... A police officer they're very into the idea of justice and the criminal justice system you know re-education and all that but this this criminal there's no going back for them they are off the deep end so what if to in their eyes the only way is to get rid of them is to delete their own ethics code in order to gain the courage to actually eliminate them mm. damn and of course that that would set up for like afterwards how does that affect their performance as both a person and as an officer of the law like if they no longer have ethics are they just performing like a a robot like my task is to protect like how would these kind of less cosmetic changes how would they first off kind of work because obviously you taking off a couple of inches off your height um that's quite an easy thing to obviously Mm. kind of shave off but when it comes mm. down to like you removing your ethics code, how would that like how would what would like the process for doing that be? How do their powers work in terms of that? I, I wonder if just... you could do it really interestingly if you picture the comic page an anatomical mm-hmm. drawing of like the brain, oh. and they just sort of touch a finger to a very specific area of the brain that's related to like your decision making and morality. There you go, visual artist Jade Sarson. Visual artist. In which case, could they not just be like maybe an inspector, but maybe some sort of um, like psychologist kind of thing? Like a. We've already had a psychologist, though. I mean, I don't mean like a psychologist, but like a criminal psychologist. Okay, (laughs) you mean you want a Will Graham on the scene? Yes. Oh, you mean like a um, a profiler? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that kind of thing would work well for when they want to use this whole brain kind of Mm. thing. Well, it's it's not like the be all and end all for the character, but it's certainly like the it's certainly the most interesting part for them. I think, mm-hmm. like being able to sort of getting rid of your own stuff. I mean, you could even use it. Oh God, you could use it in Hey Josh. You could use it in body horror ways. <gasps> for example, maybe they have to place themselves in a crime scene in order to get into jail or something. So maybe they'll just like cut, like make one knuckle of their finger non-existent to leave a, a fingertip at a crime scene that will connect them to the crime. Uh, they'll be found guilty, sent into super jail, 
Mm. And then they're in with the criminals. The thing here is that a lot of this stuff is permanent. That's the thing. So obviously, the longer this comic goes on, the more extreme the stakes will come. Yeah, yeah. And how how would it, like, affect it? Mm. Like, would the... Could the comic really continue once they've got rid of their ethics code? Because like, how interesting would the comic be, depending on how we solve this issue? Well, we better fit it out then, haven't we? <laughs> we better fit it out with oh, some... Oh, yeah, that, that's re- what this podcast is about, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, you know, we got we got the ending. We just need to... We need, we need the back end now. I guess you could foreshadow this final decision of getting rid of their ethics with some earlier mental rather than physical decisions, such as very early on, one of the first mm-hmm. things they uh, make non-existent could be like their fear of blood and gore. Like Ooh. maybe they kept throwing up upon seeing very gruesome yeah. crime scenes and they're like, I wish I, wish I wasn't so afraid of blood. No, that's know. a good idea. That's real good. That, I mean, maybe that at be... first, like, all the blood from a crime scene vanishes and they're like, well, that's not right. And then <laughs> the next what? time they get it no, right. No, wait, 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 wait. What if they do that to, like, a witness instead of themselves mm. so they can visit? Maybe the witness has a big fear of seeing, like, a dead body or something to identify them. Yeah. And that's, like, a, a brick wall for the case. Mm. So he just comes in and sort of taps their finger to their head. And then then they ask again, can you identify? And then they just sort of comply like they hadn't done previously. Just so slowly like, gliding How the easy do they find it to change other people? I think mm. it would be, this all has to be very simple, which would add mm. to the impact of them. Well, it would mean that there's nothing, how do I do it? It, it would be sort of a, a Dr. Manhattan thing to come back, that it's all mm. very simple and very, there's nothing that could really stop them from doing it, which will give them this massive sense of power. But right. at the same time, right? So at the same time, they could, there's just no, oh, I'm finding it hard to describe the feeling. There's no excuse for them not to. Boundaries. Think, there's no boundaries. Yeah. There's no reason why they wouldn't use their power. But early on, they're, they're quite naive about it because they are a shiny, wide-eyed uh, yeah. inspector. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you you spend a few years on the force, you see some crap, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I can only imagine how light this series is going to start off, and then just how mm. dark it's going to become. Like the first few issues will just be like kind of almost like comedy stuff. Like oh, take off a couple of inches. Oh, making you not care about dead bodies, and then at the end, my ethics code is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I'm wondering how, if we come back to um, this this ethical thing mm. like the, the reason i brought up doing little things like you know um blood and and fears and things is because not only do you need them to be doing that to other people you need them to be tampering with themselves so that you've got that yes. sense that they're going to do something terrible to themselves of course the um but i'm wondering how far their power goes in the sense of we know they can mess with the mental. We know they can mess with the physical. Can they mess with time? So like quantum physics, things like that. Because I'm mm. wondering if you've got two options for how they could reverse this terrible, terrible decision. Yeah. Option one is they remove their powers somehow, like just make their powers non-existent. And somehow you'd have to hope that with the powers negated, all the side effects would be negated. 
Yeah, like, there's like a domino effect. Yeah, but that seems a bit flimsy. So my other idea mm, is, what if very, they like, just do so smackiner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like a bit too simple. So I wonder if this seems a bit more plausible, but it does involve timey wimey bullshit. They delete the event. They delete the year that this story has taken place in. <laughs> they they look at a calendar and just say no more. Yeah. <sighs> oh God! And then 2017 they goodbye. But then, of course, it puts them right back where they started with the powers. They wouldn't have the memories of the year, so it would just be a circular story. And you just have to hope that in one of the many universes they get the decision right and they don't remove their ethical... (laughs) uh, Could could it be that we end it on, like, a really, like... Maybe them changing one of their witnesses is, like, a really pivotal moment for them. Hmm. Hmm. And where we end it is, like, them just going to go touch the person's brain and then it just cuts and that's the end. Oh, so maybe this victim that they changed was, like, something as a result, led to that big moment where the villain was going to get away if they didn't remove their ethics. Yeah. Yeah, well, it could yeah, even just so. be like a simple thing of this is the moment where they realised what their powers could really do. This was the butterfly mm. moment. Yeah, this is like the butterfly yeah. effect yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, I think, like, uh, season two of this comic would be here, uh, would be them realising just how far their powers could go in terms of sort of quantum mechanics and concepts. Imagine finding out. I'm a big big fan of scaling up powers. Like it's it's an anime thing, but it's real good. What if they found out that after deleting years, they start really experimenting with their powers. Yeah. Inspector non-existent starts figuring out how to do even bigger stuff. So maybe imagine seeing a tree and a shadow being cast on the floor from that tree. Imagine just deleting that shadow, non-existent. Like now you're messing with physics. Imagine I like that. Yeah. Imagine an icy road, right? Imagine it stretching all the way down this long flat highway. Imagine just deleting what little friction there was on that road, and now there's no grip at all. Okay, here's. Cool. Let me interject then. Here's my pitch for season two. Go on. What if Dr. Manhattan wasn't a dick and didn't fuck off and instead actually still really cared about people and Mm. so became this omnipotent presence that just kept sort of going around fixing things with no thanks and no presence. So like that that shadow situation, like I guess they'd become almost godlike. I guess that's the reason for the Dr. Manhattan. Can we we hold for a second? Because could you imagine... Like, it comes to a point where they've basically solved a case, and then they find out at the same time another crime happened, and they have to weigh up which crime is worth solving. Right. Mm. So how do they resolve it? Well, this is the thing, like, they go back in time, and they and they solve the different crime. And it kind of, they have this whole, like, morality thing of whose life is worth more and stuff. Fuck, I just, I just realised the ending for season two as well. We are on a roll here. Oh, no. Well, that dilemma would be, like, a major thing because they're like, I can't fix everything. I've gone around changing physics around to save people and sort people out. Um, Before I move on to my idea, though, I wanted to say, like, I had an idea for that that moment where they just get rid of Shadow. It could just be as simple as a kid that's afraid of the dark and they're like, right, Shadow's be gone, done. And they're not even thinking of how this affects physics and things and... 
you know, the repercussions. So what if they just suddenly had the idea, just like I did, that if they can get rid of anything, why don't they just vanish the crime that happened? They made it, the, the event is Ooh, non-existent. Yeah. Oh, God. But the power is too powerful and they're not specific enough. And so they get rid of anyone that was involved in the crime. They just vanish out of existence. Because Jeez. in order to get rid of the crime, you need to get rid of the perpetrators, the victims, the witnesses. But then what if... Right. Here's how I plan the structure of this comic okay. right now. We, we have sort of issue 1 or 12 of uh, Inspector Non-Existent, which ends with the, the, the ethical dilemma. <laughs> Good name. Um, then we have season two, which is um, Inspector Non-Existent, um, God or Man, where he starts messing with the 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 reams, uh, starts messing with reality itself. Well, I mean, Finding... we could title that in a way better way that wasn't so gendered. Uh, go on. God or human. There you go. Done. <laughs> sure, for human. You know, man, human, this whole thing. Anyway, um, there's that, which ends with them sort of really pushing their limits of their power. But we release one more issue of Inspector Non-Existent where, where they literally push their powers to the absolute maximum. They delete the concept of crime. Yeah, that's what I was going for, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, all crime. The, yeah, that's the what idea I was kind of, of segueing into. Like, first they realize they can get rid of one crime. Why not just erase all crime? But then that doesn't lead to the world that they deem to be ideal. No. Because even though they, without crime, there's no justice to do the whole without like this dark thing. And society still sort of devolves. It goes backwards. It starts going into sort of barbarian-ish methods of controlling the populace even if there's no crime there's still violence you know um, punching a guy might not be deemed a crime but it's still violent so like nonsensical stuff yeah and then this is the issue where we get really really weird mm. we start deleting these massive concepts of humanity we start, we, we start with crime then we get rid of the concept of violence then we get rid of the concept of freaking um, uh, cheating on your wife or your husband. And then we get rid of the concept of um, disrespect. We start; They start going crazy and start deleting these massive pillars of just the human, the human society. Just disagreement and straight up is gotten rid of, which means everyone agrees on everything, which means opinions no longer exist, which means that debate no longer exists, which means no one has any reason to think about anything, and so fuck everything. So yeah, but thought becomes non-existent. Yeah. And then we probably will end the comic with just like these very white, glossy pages of nothing. Because oh we we just start breaking down the structure of comics. Yeah. Like, like the gutter starts disappearing. Even the back they, page is non-existent. Yeah. So like the yeah. back cover is just not there. Yeah. Like we get real meta. Like the idea of comics is non-existent. I'm wondering, do, does anything ground Inspector non-existent? Like, is that how we're going to end it? We're just going to end with all reality and all thought. Everything literally just comes apart at the seams 
well, not even comes apart. It seems it just doesn't exist. I feel like if they had something? any family tying them to it, to any like any ties at all, they'd be less likely to consider erasing stuff in the first place. Yeah. Hey, guess what? They make non-existent in order to um, further their career. If they have ties, that means they can't um, focus really take. Yeah, they can't take on these big criminal bosses because they might go after so their family. So are you saying they fucking erase their family? Bang. Oh no, we can't have that. That would be way too early of a terrible gonna... decision. And I feel like this is like almost too bleak. Yeah, how about they just erase their connection Emotional to connection to yeah, the family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they disown themselves. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, what? We need, it's, it's a very bleak comic but I feel like it has... An important message. So, I like how we've combined Rorschach and Doctor Manhattan into a <laughs> horrific superhero. Oh no, <laughs> we've done good. We've done good tonight. About good, I mean, I'm gonna go and watch friggin' twenty five thousand episodes of the Care Bears. Um, yeah, because <laughs> holy moly, who? Well, okay, okay, okay. I have a hopeful way for this this to end. Okay, we let's have one optimistic idea before we bang out. Okay, so I really, really like the idea of like the the book collection ending without a back cover and just blank pages of nothing. Like that's we almost, so clever. We just like guillotine like the back edges so it looks like it's just coming like just falling apart almost. Yeah. But if if Inspector non existent erases everything, like everything, everything including themselves in the end mm. you life finds a way it would just start again surely they they create the big bang yeah in some bizarre form yeah i don't know how you'd you'd rectify that with the cool ending like maybe like you get like a free extra bit that that comes after the main book like a little well, what, what happens is that no, what- suddenly rails pop up around the world <laughs> and something starts spinning around and around on these rails these no. two tracks and what one of them is this train and one of them is this small little dog and they somehow <laughs> by running around the world they turn back time oh god you're <laughs> We've superman already done in the whole this situation in this comic, though. <laughs> they reverse time by erasing a year and they do the same thing over and over again until they get it ethically right and then it but leads the... to them doing some other kind of quantum dilemma where they erase <laughs> all of existence are you saying that sidetrack and travel express just come in and go whoop, 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 back to the beginning again <laughs> yes <laughs> uh one more time <laughs> See, that's better than my idea. My idea was just going to be whoever buys the book, we spy on them, we learn their address, and then after they read it, we post them a single illustration of the Big Bang. That's creepy. Yeah, it is. I kind of like the sidetrack thing better, which is saying a lot for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think I'm going to have to cut it off there because if we talk any more about making things non-existent and the bleakness of all time, I'm going to cry. Just straight up cry. Oh, it's oh, okay. Dean, let let me remove those tears. Hey. <laughs> they are but gone. I, you are I tell fine. You what. Let me remove your sadness and, in fact, all of your emotions. Thank you, Jade, for doing that for me. <laughs> if you would like to 
uh, help us out. Here are a few favors. No, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. I'm a, I'm a moody guy. Wow. <laughs> if you could, please follow us on Twitter at BBR underscore podcast. You can also follow us on Tumblr, bbrpodcast.tumblr.com. We post illustrations of the heroes, villains, and links to every episode each week. We're a little bit behind on the Tumblr because I am a twat, but um, <laughs> I will update it. Oh, that is true. You should definitely follow these. Uh, follow those Wait, which bit was and... true on that what which bit was true in you, you called yourself a twat and then dean said which is true oh <laughs> uh the, the, it that part definitely was wasn't the, the, true. The, the tumblr bit was you should follow us on tumblr and you Twitter. definitely should if you want to see gonna more erase scenes. this whole few minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh that's josh's whoop, job whoop, 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 whoop. back to the beginning <laughs> of that <laughs> um you can also do us a few favors uh, in terms of the show itself. If you can, you can give us a massive helping hand if you can. One, give us a very nice iTunes review. And in return, we will feature whatever name you make on the show. Not only in a big, nice little shout out, but also we'll take that name and put it through the hero machine. And we'll use it uh, alongside a prompt to create a superhero. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, number two. If that's not your jam, then you can always give us a uh, star rating. That still helps us out a huge amount. And step three, holler about your boy at your boys or your girls or your whatevers. Or your dogs on rails. Or your dogs dogs on rails, rails, of course. Um, Those are a vital part of our audience, I feel. They are now. (laughs) If you can uh, just tell a friend about how good we've been lately or if you know anyone uh, who's into comics or character creation anyone creative at all hey i've been listening to so-and-so that dean jade and josh uh, group they seem to be doing pretty well that would be a massive help and you know there's more people to talk about the show with which i don't know if you're ever into anything obscure as a kid you might know that that pain the pain of not being able to expel those feelings I tell you this what. This really is bleak. Fuck. It, dude, we, we, every now and again, we have to sort of expunge these feelings, especially at the end of this, quite frankly, terrible year, which I do wish we could make non-existent. Although if we did that, we, we'd lose the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did start exclusively thing. this year. If yeah. it was 2016, oh. maybe we could remove a bit of it and then maybe we'd kind of start again at like episode five. Yeah. Huh. That was a good episode. Speaking of good episodes, this one is finished. You have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am Dean McNutt. Oh, I see what you've done there. That's cute. Clever. And then the Big Bang happened. (laughs) And hey, now that we're all back in existence, I was once Josh Randall. And I'm Jade Sarson. I came back. I'm an omnipotent, omnipresent force for making comics, even in an empty void. All thanks to our dog, Sidetrack. (laughs) Thank you, Sidetrack. (laughs) Till next week, listeners. You have been listening to Bitten by Radioactive podcast, hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and Josh Randall. Uh, This week's episode, episode 20... Uh, has been edited by me, Josh. Uh, 
Um, before Dean was wiped out of existence, he did remind you to leave us an iTunes review and also get in contact with us on Twitter, BBR underscore podcast. Um, I think that's all we've got to say this week. Um, enjoy this brand new existence created by our dog Sidetrack. 